out and say hello to somebody tonight. Good to see all of you. Good to see folks out. God bless you. God bless you that are viewing online. That song, Amazing Grace, we have preached entire messages on the song, its message, its meaning, verses that go with it, uh, the history behind it, a little bit about <clears throat> the biography of John Newton, the preacher. And uh, you just never exhaust it. It just never, ever, ever is completely uh, explained or completely understood. And that's one of the great blessings about this truth of God's grace. His grace is inexhaustible, and we could never, never use up all of His grace. Uh, it's always there, always available. Uh, praise the Lord for God's grace. But He wants it to abound. And so let me give you some ways to abound. We've just completed... I believe, a record-breaking Phil America, Phil Virginia campaign, right? We had a record number of door-hanging uh, literature. Uh, we had a record number of tracks. And we had souls saved, and praise the Lord. And one way to abound in this grace is just keep on. Just keep on. There will be days when we're actually pressing and counting the tracks. And most days, uh, well, my wife... Uh, she is a great tract distributor. She's a terrible counter, though. And so she has asked me, and this is what husband and wife do for one another. Uh, she said, would you keep track of, of our numbers collectively? And we have. And I'm happy to report we had a good number uh, these 15 days. It's three Saturdays encompassing two weeks between, but 15 days total. And we, we did a record for ourselves, we broke a record, but the record is still held by the Tyler and Carissa and Klaus and Logan and Baby To Be Born family. They hold the record for that 15 period, 15 day period. And if you want to break it, you're gonna, if you're gunslinger, you're gonna to have to go after them because uh, we're we're only in second and third, and I think fourth place. I'm not sure, but second and third place. And, uh, but it's just a joy. It's not about the numbers. It's about just the sheer joy of doing it. And uh, when we got done, I looked back and went, Whew. thank you, Lord. Amen. You came through again. You did it again. Amen. But on a daily basis, if it becomes a habit, you're going to have a kind of a median uh, number that you get out each week, kind of an average number. And maybe for you, that's a couple, two, three a day. I would like to urge you to get in the Thousand Smile Club. Just do three a day, every day, all year long, and you'll, you'll exceed 1,000. That's pretty simple. That can be done. Uh, you can go down to Walmart if you ever get behind and get caught up. Isn't that right, Tyler? I was just bragging on you and your family, so I don't know if you heard it, but don't let it go to your head. But uh, if, you want, if you want to... You know, you want to be in that uh, top spot, you're going to have to beat them, okay? But anyway, there it is. Just, just do it on a regular basis. And when you get to heaven, it's, it's, like, um, it's like the ball player that just goes to work and just plays and plays and plays and plays. And you know who I'm talking about. And uh, never, never misses a game and just always there, faithful. And God blesses faithfulness. So uh, one way for grace to abound is just... Keep doing. Keep on keeping on. Uh, be not weary in well-doing. For in due season, you're going to reap if you faint not. Just keep on. Just keep on. And take some una sonrisa para ti. And if you don't learn anything else, just learn to say that. Una sonrisa para ti. And uh, uh, can you roll your R's? Can you? Can you roll your R's? I have to fake it. So, I mean, it, but, it, but it's... Um, do a pretty good fake job on that. All right, so anyway, uh, yeah, well, thank you. All right, thank you. That's coming from the expert back there. Uh, we want to make sure we have 13, I believe, 13 languages that are readily available in the Smile, our Smile track, and, uh, and more on the way. But that covers 85% of the readers in the world. And we want to make sure that we get as many of these out before Jesus comes as possible. So let's, let's abound in that. Now, Saturday, you're going to have a chance to really practice. Because, you know, in, uh, 
We're supposed to we're supposed to in season, out of season, right? We'll talk about that. In season, out of season, be on our game. And if you are playing organized sports, uh, they have different venues, don't they? For example, football is most often played outdoors. It's an outdoor game. But there are indoor there are indoor arenas, and there are artificial surfaces of various kinds. And there's all kinds of debate about what's safe and what isn't safe and what's better and what's faster and, and so forth. But anyway, the thing about uh, the venue down in New Orleans and quite a few others, I understand, is they can, they can open up for the sunshine to come in, but they can also close the top, can't they? All right, so we've kind of got that situation for this Saturday. We're going to try uh, to go on visitation and do a great job for Jesus. Our heart's right. Isn't that right, Quan? Amen. But we're uh, the uh, the weather predictors who are not always right. Or sometimes they are, not so often. But anyway, they're sometimes right. Are calling for rain. So we've got an indoor venue. All of these stores and and malls and the hallways of the malls and every covered surface. So come out Saturday, and our 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 for sure plan is to go into covered venues and distribute the Word of God. And people were happy. They were glad to get it today, weren't they, sweetie? In both languages, English and Spanish, very happy to get it, very thankful. And uh, the other day we had some work. We have ongoing, continuing work projects. Don't forget to give to the Nehemiah Fund. That's the envelope with the green writing. We had some folks out fixing some items, repairing and replacing some items. And there was a new assistant worker on the crew, and I introduced myself and had a chance to share the good news, and uh, at the end, he did something that most young workers nowadays have not been properly trained to do. He takes off his glove, and he said, sir, I'd like to shake your hand. And so that assistant worker on that project, I didn't have a glove to take off, I reached out and shook his hand, and glad to shake his hand and leave they have the gospel with them. We had uh, some workers indoors that I'd never met before. And uh, I sent a text. I said, uh, here are two individuals. And I gave their little bit about their background. They're going to get the gospel today. Amen. So we want to use every opportunity and abound in this grace. I believe it's a grace that God gives us to be able to stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Now, don't forget to go online and to help others to subscribe. We've just hit another high number of our subscribers, so keep on praying. We're inching toward the goal, so keep on praying. Keep on inviting people to tap subscribe and to catch our messages either at the time or after the fact, and praise the Lord. All right, so don't forget this Saturday also, a very special observance at 1230. We'll be here and there'll be some slides, music, and time to uh, meet and greet uh, the family and friends of Beverly Purdy, who has gone to be with Jesus. And she was a dear saint, and she is greatly missed. And so why don't you come and honor her memory? And then at 1 o'clock, uh, we're going to preach paint off the wall. We're going to do what we ought to properly do, and that is on a person's homegoing from Central Baptist Church, they always have the opportunity to reach more souls for Christ. And so we're going to do that, and we're going to, we're going to talk about uh, Beverly and Beverly's Savior, Jesus Christ. So don't miss it. 12.30 for meet and greet uh, pre-service, and then 1 o'clock on Saturday for the service right here. All right? I hope everybody make their way here. And... Uh, be an encouragement to Charlene and all the family. We're going to also get ready for a big day Sunday. It is the last Sunday of the month of September coming up. And we want to have a good group out from visitation, from, from uh, our outreach, from, uh, from our uh, fair ministry, and from our extravaganza. And getting ready for next month, missions and anniversary Anniversary on the 60th, uh, the 60th anniversary on the 29th of October. Don't miss it. And then extravaganza on Saturday the 21st. We're working up to that. Thank you so much 
for your good work and preparation for that. Invite everybody that you possibly can. Fill a row uh, for the glory of God. So that's just a few of the things. Uh, November, December, great activities. We've got the Care and Share dinner. We've got the Christmas caroling, cookies and caroling concert over at Fellowship House. We've got the music, cal all those things going on. We'll talk more about them. We've been going through 2 Corinthians verse by verse. And the passages that we are in right now, we actually accelerated and covered them last year at this time as we were coming up on Missions Month. And so this is, if it sounds familiar, it's because it is. And I don't believe that we can overdo this area of seeing to it that God's program of missions gets the kind of prayer and financial support that it ought to. And we ought to have uh, an awareness of who's on that missions wall out there, who's retired, who's gone to glory. We ought to know those things. That's very important. I recall when I first came and you'd called us here, and I became your pastor. I read the plaque that was out on the wall, and uh, it was uh, celebrating a number of the years of the church up to that point. And uh, there was a commendation. And John Jenkins, who was the supervisor at that time, now has gone to heaven. But he had uh, uh, written and the supervisors had all approved this commendation. And so much money had been given to missions along with the other things, the outreaches of the church, the things that this church had done in the community during the years that it had been in existence to that point. Now we're coming up on 60 years. And I'm happy to report that millions of dollars gone through this place and have gone out into the harvest field representing many many Bibles and souls and churches built there are churches on several continents that are Central Baptist Church of fill in the blank that this church has paid for praise God for you you've prayed in uh, funds you've prayed in workers and that's of course our privilege and our joy and as a pastor when we measure success, it's not in terms of the world's idea of success. Uh, if you can fill a stadium, they think you're a great success in football or in some other sport. Uh, if you can fill a church, they think you're a great success. We ought to always do our best to try to fill the church. But really, the church is the channel through whom the worldwide missions program is carried out. And this is where God has excelled through you over the past 60 years. This church hasn't forgotten. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And of course, we've got every creature on our doorstep. Uh, everybody moved here from everywhere around the world. Many of them legally, some of them not. But we go after them regardless of how they got here. And we're glad to try to win everybody to Jesus. And when we have a full house, there are many different nationalities represented. And it's a, like a patchwork quilt. We thank God for that. But that's not because we are socialistic or we are socially minded. That's because we take God at his word and we go after every creature, regardless of all the differences between us. That's important. There's only one main difference. Either you are a lost sinner or saved sinner. And uh, it's just by grace. Amen. Amen. And amen. We have Old Testament patterns that have been carried over to the New Testament. And when we're talking about giving, we, we can't neglect to look at the last book of the Old Testament, which is Malachi. Now, there are those among the preachers today who call themselves grace preachers who don't want to have anything to do with the Old Testament. But I, I have a, a real time trying to figure out where they're coming from because the New Testament is built on the foundation of the Old Testament. And you've got to understand, and I've got to understand some things. So if we go to Malachi chapter 3, as we have so often in the past, says in verse 7, Even from the days of your fathers you are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. What are we guilty of? The same thing that the Old Testament saints were guilty of. We're guilty of 
slacking off, of backsliding, of forgetting, of not uh, staying sharp or staying consistent. And uh, we, we've seen that very, very vividly uh, demonstrated uh, since the, the COVID issue arose. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But she said, wherein shall we return? Now here's what he says. And the bottom line is this. If people neglect worship, if they neglect uh, gathering with God's people, if they neglect living the Christian life, they're not going to be grace givers. They're not going to be any kind of givers. Now there are some people who fancy themselves as being special givers. <clears throat> when I first came, uh, when we were first here, I met a gentleman, and he gave me his own personal philosophy of giving. He said, I don't, I don't tithe and give regular offerings. He said, I, I have this special way of saving up my money, and when there is a special effort, I give everything to that. Now, the only problem with that is special giving is good, but it's above and beyond the regular tithes and offerings of God's people. I didn't have the heart you know, to break his heart, but I said, well, here's what we do. And I said, I give systematically on the first day of the week, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2. On the first day of the week, let every, let every one of us lay by him in store as God has prospered him. And we have that word store there that connects us to the Old Testament. So if you connect the dots, it is undeniable, even though... Those who call them, some that call themselves grace preachers, almost completely cut Malachi out of the subject of, pre of preaching on giving because they say that's Old Testament, that's under law. And my response is, if you gave under law and now are under the new covenant, shouldn't you want from the heart to do more than you were forced to do before? You're compelled under law, but under, under this grace system, this New Testament system, we have freedom. We have uh, freedom to do right and to do better and let the Lord uh, use what, uh, what little bit he's got to work with here, us, uh, for his glory. When you think that God has used this church as a channel for millions of dollars in support to worldwide projects, then you got to say, to God be the glory. We sure didn't do it. We, we didn't even see it coming. <laughs> Amen. But God did. God did. And he continues to. And now when we have special projects, you arise to, this, to the occasion. But you don't neglect your regular giving. It is wrong, I believe fundamentally wrong, and I'm not going to pass judgment on you, but I believe it's wrong for you to steal from Paul to give to Peter and vice versa. I believe that there should be a systematic way of giving on the first day of the week uh, as you've laid by in store as God has prospered you. And like the Macedonians, you can give out of your poverty. Like the widow woman who gave everything she had, just two little mites, you can, you can give like the widow woman, you can, give, you can give like the rich man, you can give like whatever, but on the first day of the week, there should be a systematic way of giving. And then... As God speaks to your heart about faith promise and other special designations, go ahead and give. And make, get to the point as you give and gradually increase. Your faith is increased. God's grace is sufficient. And the day may come when you're giving more to missions than you are to your regular tithe and offering. And that's, that's fine too. That was the pattern, the systematic pattern of the People's Church of Toronto, uh, Ontario, Canada, uh, under uh, uh, Pastor Smith, Oswald Smith. Uh, he was a great missions pastor. And uh, they would give way back in the Depression days. They would give $100,000 a year to general items, and they would give a million dollars, a million dollars, think about that, to missions in those days. And God had blessed them. They had grown over 30, 40 years to that point. It was a growing thing. I've told you the story, the true illustration of the young man who was uh, compelled, uh, was, was challenged, let's put it that way, 
to, to start tithing after he'd been out of the Lord's work, out of the church for a while. Came back and, and uh, just decided to put this huge amount in first Sunday back. And, and after a week, he decided to quit the church because God hadn't quadrupled his money or whatever. He, 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 I think he was thinking of the lotto or something, maybe a, a certain uh, blue chip investment. I don't know, but uh, he had the wrong idea. Jesus said in Luke, given it shall be given unto you. But that's not why we give. That's a fact of giving. But that's not the motivation. We give from the heart. And that's it. When God's people weren't right, their heart wasn't right, they had neglected a bunch of things. In fact, they'd gone so far. Verse 8 of Malachi 3, it says, Will a man rob God? Now it was uh, Brother Chris Phillips missionary to a restricted nation. Won't talk about it online, but praise God for him and his family. And uh, he, from this pulpit, explained the difference between a thief and a robber. A thief is one who breaks in when you're not there. A robber is one that confronts you with a gun and, and you know, leaves you trembling and, and threatens your life. And that's a, it's a worse, uh, by degree, it's a worse kind of crime, isn't it? Sure, just pull a gun on somebody and, and scare the living daylights out of them and take their money and they feel just, you know, just creepy afterwards and terrible. Like they're going to they're gonna pass away on the spot. Well, here it says, will a man rob God? Why would you do that to God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee in tithes and offerings? So the basic tenths, tenths plural, and offerings over and above. You're cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. So it's, it's Old Testament. And he says, verse 10, bring, this we're supposed to bring, don't send it, bring it. Bring ye all the tithes, the tenths, T-E-N-T-H, tenths, into the storehouse. What was the storehouse? The storehouse was the collection at the Old Testament place of worship, the temple. So that was the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house and prove me now, or test God out. Herewith saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Sweetheart, I'm speaking to my wife now. Sweetheart, I feel like we're going through a, a time in our life when God is opening up the windows to us. And we're not, you know, super rich or anything like that, but God just pours out and he just keeps on pouring out. And uh, who was it? Doug Oldham that sang the old Gaither song, If He Keeps On Blessing and Blessing, If He Keeps On Pouring It On. Amen. I don't know what I'm going to do. Amen. That's, that's the way, Tom, that's the way I'm feeling at this stage in my life. I, I'm, not, I'm not feeling sorry for myself and want to just kind of roll up in a, in a blanket, you know, in a cocoon and wait Wait to die or for Jesus to come. I want to keep on keeping on. I want to continue. Because God's just pouring out His blessings. And He hasn't stopped. Amen. Amen. How many of you feel good tonight? Say amen. All right. How many of you promise not to complain about feeling bad? All right. Okay, good. Amen. Amen and amen. All right. This is a Baptist church. Amen. All right. So. I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. <clears throat> Notice it's not a dribble or a drip. It's a poured out blessing. There's a song in that. Write that down, sweetie. A poured out blessing. Woo! All right. You'll hear it. All right. A poured out blessing. Amen. Okay. And then it goes on to say that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I, I really, honestly, uh, not trying to make more of this than there actually is, but I, I at times don't feel like I can, can accept or contain any more of God's blessings. I just feel so blessed. Dale Moody uh, had been prayed for by two godly women. They followed him around when he preached his meetings, and they would come up to him afterwards, you know, and people get their Bible signed, and other people want to shake your hand and ask you to pray for them when you're having a meeting, but these ladies always would come up and they would kind of put their hand on Brother Moody and they'd say, Brother Moody, we're praying for you. 
And he said, I appreciate it, but why, why don't you pray for souls? No, we're praying for you because when we pray for you and you, you receive that, those blessings from God that you're going to receive, why, there'll be more souls saved. And, and Moody actually got to the point where he was getting a little mad. He's getting upset about that. These women coming around saying, we're praying for you, Brother Moody. But then one day he was overwhelmed by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Not a tongues or a Pentecostal kind of thing. But he had to go seek shelter, had to get off the street, went to a room, and there he was so overwhelmed, he never ever spoke of it or wrote of it or preached on the subject. But he just said it was a very special time when he was just overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit. And he said, after that I went into the pulpit, I preached the same message I preached before, and whereas there had been a handful saved before, now multitudes were saved. That's the fullness. That's the fullness. It's not talking in gibberish, rolling on the floor, quacking like a duck, swinging from the chandeliers. That, that, you know, you can do that. You know, you can go down to some of those churches where they do that and they run the aisles and they're all excited and go home smelling like a sweat sock. No closer to God. But when you get alone with God and that stuff in your life my life and everybody's life that needs to go is gone, burned out of there, burned, purified out of there, like the coal from off the altar, Isaiah said was placed on his lips, and that's burning, and it burns that out of you, and, and you have surrendered, and you've given yourself completely to God. The same service results in greater results, greater, greater things happening, and it's all God doing. It's an abundance. It's a pouring out. Amen. And so we're sharing tonight this business about being a grace giver. We have, we've been speaking about uh, that we ought to give and, and uh, how to give. And we want to be cheerful givers, hilarious givers. Yeah, we want to do that. We do. We want to take the right, receive the right kind of offering and, and do this right. Have the right spirit, the right heart. Give ourselves first. We've seen all of these things thus far. So tonight... As we get into the Word, let's let the Word get into us, all right? Remember, there were some poor saints at Jerusalem. And Paul and his companions were receiving now offerings that had been promised the year before, faith promise. But he's writing to the Corinthians to make sure that what they've promised has been made up in full because when it's collected, they don't want to be embarrassed and Paul doesn't want to be embarrassed. And, and I, I believe that's one human way to approach it. We just need to, to let it happen. Let us be an unhindered channel of God's blessings. Amen. But this I say, go back to verse 6. We're going to back up to where we finished up last time. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly. Some need to come tonight and say, Lord, I've been given sparingly. <coughs> Forgive me, Lord. I haven't trusted you enough. Tried to hold some back. There was a couple, Ananias and Sapphira. They had every right to keep every penny of what they had gotten from selling that property. But they had left the impression with the church that they were giving it all. And they came and gave part of it and died for it. They sowed sparingly. It could be deadly if you sow sparingly. Oh, but preacher, I'm on a fixed income. I'm on a fixed income. Uh, there's some in our churches that need to have their incomes fixed, they need them repaired. But uh, God knows what we have. God knows even better than that. He knows how we're going to spend or misspend it. He knows if there's going to be anything there. He knows if, it's, if there's going to be a job there. He knows all of that. Don't you know that God is perfectly capable of taking care of us? And as the Spirit of God moves upon our heart to be a cheerful giver, a hilarious giver. We want to give generously, not sparingly. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. I believe you can apply that to every venue of Christian service. The time you put in, invest. The numbers of people you speak to about Jesus. How you speak to people about Jesus. How you distribute literature. The... the uh, the, the way you teach, and when we're bountiful about it. I've, I've known some Sunday school teachers, Brother Gabe, 
I tell you what, they should have been not the teacher of the year. They should have been teacher of the century. Man, they'd show up to class. They'd always have some, not just giveaways, but they would have they would have little things going on to do things. They would have they would have ways of acting out or, or of illustrating the the story, the 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 lesson for the day. And those kids could not wait to go to Sunday school because here it is. There was an adult, a teacher, a child of God who cared enough to make a difference. You know, in contrast, the person who walks in and they're, they're, they're uh, paging through the teacher's guide to see what on earth the lesson's supposed to be about. Haven't even read it. In contrast to that, these people have been living in that biblical truth all week long. And they've just, they're bubbling over. They're bountiful. They're bountiful. The preacher who's been living it out. I know preachers, and, and I started out this way, they had no clue what they were going to preach about Sunday morning on Saturday night when they were scratching around for a message. Oh, God, give me a message. Now, I can understand that happening occasionally. But after all, that's, that's not the way to get a hold of God and, and uh, get your congregation a hold of God. Now, we know well in advance, sometimes months in advance, what we're preaching on. And so we're taking in the meaning. It's flowing through. And I never, ever, ever have endeavored to preach on something that God hasn't already done a work in me. So that when it come, come to preaching... It's not just delivering a sermon. It's delivering my soul. It's giving my experience. It's not me. It's what Christ has done in spite of me. And what He's done in spite of me through me. And what He's done in spite of me through me uh, for others. And that's how a, a message ought to be delivered. It ought to be delivered from the heart, from the soul, from the, from the uh, eternal part, the immortal part. It ought to have the breath of heaven on it. It ought to, it ought to seem supernatural. Not the wording, the eloquence thereof, or the logic thereof, or the, you know, the uh, alliteration of the points, if there even are any points. read an article the other day by a preacher. What a shocker. He said, Jesus and the apostles were one-point preachers. Did you know that? Now, they might have had various uh, applications, but they were striving to get across one truth, one thought. Amazing. So I'd like to get my hands on the guy that came up with, you got to have three points and a poem. You know, that's the, the Baptist format for delivery. I want you to go out knowing something that the Holy Spirit has gripped your soul with, and it's real. Whatever I can do to get it there, God helping me. All right, so here we, here we have bountiful sowing and bountiful reaping, whether it's our giving to missions or whether it's our soul winning or whether it's our teaching, our service for God, be bountiful. I knew bus workers who loved Jesus and loved their bus route so much that they just didn't run that bus route once on Sunday. They would run it on Sunday not once but twice. They would go back and get the kids that would come, the ones that showed potential on Sunday night. Then they would do this. I mean, it's unthinkable. They would go back and get them on Wednesday nights too. I knew bus workers who loved Jesus and loved their bus kids and bus routes so much that they'd get them for every service. Now, let me, let me go a little further. I have known bus workers who paid for their own buses, bus insurance, and gasoline, and paid for putting the tires on them. And Tom, that's unthinkable, but I've known them like that. And I've known them that bought their own promotional materials. And the reason they did that was because they were trusting God. Now, this is not the standard. 
This is not the yardstick that you measure. The yardstick is when you and I surrender all to Jesus and whatever He says, maybe, maybe He says throw in this or add this or do that and that's what He's telling you to do. But I'm just telling you, I've seen it. I've seen absolutely amazing. Uh, I've, seen, I've seen people who loved Jesus so much they, they, they were entrusted with a, a key to the church and they would go down not just on assigned Saturdays to clean, but they would go down on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, at other times, and they would be cleaning the glass, and they would be, you know, wiping off uh, uh, all of the surfaces and cleaning the, the restrooms and making them smell great because they love Jesus. And that's what I call bountiful grace-giving. It, it's not, it's not the law but it's above and beyond. It's from the heart. And it's so full, it's flowing over. It's like the abundant life. Amen. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart. So where does giving come from? Come on, say it. The heart. So let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful, a hilarious giver. Now it doesn't, doesn't say hilarious there, but it's from a Greek word that's similar to that. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That's what we read as we began. That ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. It's not even a question of whether or not we're going to have enough. Is it? And to Paul, writing to the Corinthians, he's trying to get them on board with, with his philosophy and with his methodology. And that is, we don't have to sit here and moan and groan and worry to death that God can do it. That's not it. It's are we going to follow through? And God can, I mean, way beyond what is sufficient. Way beyond. Now read on. As it is written, He hath dispersed abroad, He hath given to the poor, His righteousness remaineth forever. I'm thinking about some verses from the Proverbs. Have you read them recently? It's good if you read a chapter out of Proverbs every day. If you're in that system, if you can do that, it's a bonus. There are 31 chapters in Proverbs and 31 days in some months. So if you've got a 30-day month, read two on the 30th day. And if you've got, you've got February, then read a bunch more. But um, you can read a, a chapter out of Proverbs, and you're going to run across these very practical Proverbs... Proverb means more than meets the eye. These practical proverbs about taking care of poor folks. And the kind of person who does. The kind of person who does is the kind of person being described right here. So there are some similarities. When God works on a person's heart, you know how it is whenever you would see an ad for a little starving kid in India or Africa, and your heart goes out. That's not a bad thing. Now, if you're not careful, you do like my mom. When she was alive, she would see one of those ads, and she would, she would dash off a check for $15 to the XYZ fund uh, to save the starving kids, you know. And she always had a desire to do that sort of thing. And so uh, she had, when she passed away, I found out this. She had four different... Christian Jewish organizations winning Jews to Christ that she supported herself as, as a woman living on Social Security, very limited amount of money, uh, living in a single-wide trailer after five pastorates and outliving her husband, my dad, who went on to be with the Lord before her. She continued to support these, and she would say to me, she would, not brag, but she's just saying, Brad, uh, I give to this, this XYZ to the Jews and ABC to the Jews and, uh, you know, and each one of them, she'd name them and she'd say, and, and they're, reaching the, they're reaching the rabbis more than anybody. And these people are reaching the American Jews and, and she had a burden because she read her Bible and it says to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And she had a desire. But where was that coming from? Where was that coming from? That was coming from her heart. 
Nobody held a gun to her head and said, you got to give that. She felt a desire to do that. That's where it came from. Now, he that ministereth, ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. And here we have, once again, just like we did back in Malachi, you see the similarity? The allusions to agriculture, seed and bread and sowing, and all of that is part of the process of worldwide missions. And everybody has a place. Somebody... Somebody brings the seed this far, somebody sets it up, somebody sows it, somebody waters it, somebody, you know what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, some plant, some water, God gives the increase. You know, everybody's got their part. What Paul said in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 about different parts of the body, fingers and, you know, and arms and, and legs and so forth, all connected to the head, Jesus Christ. We're all working together. It's a cooperative thing. And the gifts that God has given, bestowed to us, all working together can result in the maximum number of souls saved. We've still got some personalized New Testaments in there left over from the fair. We need to get those out. Let's do this. Come out on visitation. Let's give those out door to door. to people come to the door and let us show them how we go to page whatever it is, 320, whatever it is, whatever, 231, whatever it is, Show them how to get saved. Amen. Let's do that. But there, there are many different moving components in worldwide evangelization. That millions of dollars going out is a wonderful truth, but it didn't just happen. There are many different things. And God gets the glory. He's doing all those things, and you're doing your part, and everybody's working together, and we're overflowing bountifully, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness. Now, that's the, that's the sumo, that's the mountaintop of bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. We see other people being used bountifully, giving themselves, serving bountifully, overflowing, having that abundant life that's so obvious. It just makes you want to sing a praise song, doesn't it? Amen. And uh, uh, thanks to God. And, and, uh, and just to have a little... Uh, have a little time of praise and sharing praise the Lord. All right. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. And so God gets the glory, which is what our task here is. The chief and the chief duty of mankind, what is it? To glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Whilst by the experiment of this ministration they glorify God for your profession professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men. This is speaking about the encouragement that we can be to others. And by their prayer for you, which long after you for the exceeding grace of God in you. So when you're praying for others, pray that God's grace may be exceeding and that it may be bountiful and overflowing. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Now I've seen verse number 15 on Christmas cards, haven't you? Yeah. Because Jesus Christ is His unspeakable gift. Amen. Now, back in the back of the benches, the pews, and, and in the back uh, in the different holders, we have the Central Baptist Church designated tithes, missions, and special, which you can use for a, a variety of things. Everybody ought to get a handful of these and take them home. And then before you come to church, Make out your check. Plan ahead, just like you lay out your clothes. How many of you think twice about what you're going to wear to church before you come? Well, if you do, and you should, think about what you wear to church. It should be appropriate. It should be modest and conservative and right and God-honoring. Make out your check and your, and your envelope for your tithe and your special missions and other designations, make it out at home and have a time to do that. Make it out ahead. When my father passed away, he had four weeks in advance made out. And so what did my mom do? She went to church, dropped my father's envelope in the offering plate four weeks after he was dead. Max Winnegar was still giving 
even though he'd been gone for a month. Amen. I know if that improved his position in heaven or not. But anyway, there you have it. We've got the, the green envelope that says Nehemiah Project, and that, that pays for things that we repair and adding projects around the building, the facilities. And we need to continuously do this because we're trying to keep ahead on this. Uh, the painting of the exterior, uh, the, the redoing of some of the light ballasts inside. Room by room we're going to do. And this is an old building. This was once uh, uh, Verizon, GTE before them. So it's been here a long time. And it looks great. God, God is good. Amen. Love, love the carpet. Love the paint. Everything is good. We've got to keep it up for the glory of God. Now, someday, we won't have to worry about that. We'll be gone. But um, love offering, that's received whenever we have a special speaker. And you can give especially Now, why would you do that? I know some people, uh, they'll put their change in. That's good. Praise God. It's like the widow's mite. Some people will put a few dollars in. Some people will write a check. Some people will write large checks to special speakers. Now, this is entirely up to the individual. Did God use that speaker to bless you? Was the very fact that that speaker was here from wherever, Zimbabwe or wherever, uh, the very fact they stood up and, and spoke and, and, and brought the same word of God, the same message as the pastor does, but a little different sound because, you know, everybody's different. Did that bless you? Did that help you? If that helped you, how much did it help you? When you go to get, let's say, an appointment for your body or your spirit. Let's say you're going to a counselor. What do they get in an hour now? A couple hundred, three hundred an hour, something like that. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's un unbelievable. But if somebody comes and speaks the word of truth to you and to me, we get our soul blessed. We get our blesser blessed. Shouldn't we give something substantial? And I'm, I'm speaking to the, the regular given crowd here tonight. I know you do. I know that you are sacrificial. And by the way, don't plan on getting it back, even though God will pour out his blessings in many ways. Don't give with that in mind that you're going to get it back. We have give the gift of God's word. This is a, our beams offering uh, that we take so often. And we have others too. There's one back there for the bus ministry. And from time to time, we'll have a special offering envelope printed up. Why so many? Because we want to give you many opportunities to be blessed and to be a blessing. And coming up this October, we have our stewardship forms. These are called faith, faith promise forms. Faith promise forms. And uh, there's two sections, and they're identical. And one uh, you fold and you put in the offering plate. And the other one you keep in your Bible as a reminder. No place do you sign your name. But it's got giving, and we use these to determine, uh, since we don't know your name when you turn this in, if there's going to be an increase. So if a person puts down, I have been giving, let's say they've been giving $50 or whatever, in whatever period of time, and they increase it to 60 We know then by subtraction, I went to old-fashioned school, that that's $10 more as long as you don't die or quit, get mad, go someplace else, or give up on giving. So we know that. So that's how we figure. It's not voodoo economics, but it's as close as we can come under the circumstances. We look for increase, and then we watch the trends, and we're able to determine if we can take on some additional, uh, some additional missionaries by faith. The very fact that there are now... Mission churches, churches on the mission field, those preachers starting churches in America, around the world. We've started new things. And it's time for another round of that. It's time for God's people to say, Lord, I trust you. You can trust me. By your grace, I'm going to, I'm going to give more. I'm going to abound. I'm going to be a grace giver. Don't you want to be a, a grace, let's say by grace Bible reader? Don't you want to be a by grace prayer? Don't you want to be a, a by grace uh, regular and missions and special projects giver? 
Wouldn't you like to be a by grace, abundant, overflowing Sunday school teacher, bus worker, uh, youth worker, ministry worker? Wouldn't you like to do that? That's where it needs to come from. It needs to come from down deep, springing up. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking. How many of you tonight would say, Preacher, that message, simple as it was, spoke to my heart. Slip your hand up. Spoke to my heart. Amen. What are you going to do about it, folks? Uh, let's determine that we want to be by grace in all that we do for the Lord. So I'm going to ask you tonight to consider it. Our invitation hymn is Jesus Paid It All, which we'll sing in just a moment. But if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior... Just call upon Him right now and say, Lord Jesus, come in my heart. Take away my sins. Take me to heaven when I die. And if you prayed that prayer, let us know. But if you want to come and pray about anything, about uh, your service for the Lord, you'd like to be abundant and overflowing, then why don't you think about that? And let's stand together as we sing number 157. Amen.